Welcome to Minisode Monday. Happy to be here with you kicking off the week with something quick and actionable that you can implement right away that'll make you more magnetic and effective. Today, Raj Ragunathan, we're talking about how kindness and giving is good for us. Let's cut to it. Raj, thanks for coming back. I appreciate, definitely appreciate even more of your time here. One of the concepts in the book that I thought was fascinating was that kindness and giving is good for us. And for most of us, there's no surprise being nice to other people is good for us. Giving, on the other hand, I wasn't sure how that would be good for us. But as you've shown in your studies, spending money on other people makes us happy. Yay, science. It's, that's not all, of course, what giving means and what it is, but I'd love to hear how giving is actually healthy for us. Kindness and giving is, is good for us and makes us more happy. And I want to know what the limitation on that is, because it seems like a lot of people are thinking, hey, my problem is not being nice. My problem is I'm too nice. Where do I draw the line? <laughs> yeah, no, those are good points. Um, so first off, uh, why does giving, why does being kind and compassionate make you a happier person? Uh, it turns out that uh, there are at least three reasons for it. One is that we seem to be hardwired for generosity. You know, most of us are aware that we are kind of hardwired for selfishness or greed. Um, and that's something that's emphasized, particularly in business schools, I would say. But many of us are unaware that we are also maybe equally, if not even more, hardwired for being kind and generous. So there were studies done with toddlers, right? I mean, these are two-year-olds who have not been socialized yet. And they were given some goldfish crackers, which, um, you know, if you have toddlers or if you remember back to your childhood, you know that, you know, toddlers love goldfish crackers. Uh, I love goldfish love to, crackers. Yeah, I'm exactly. a big fan. And so they, they gave these uh, toddlers some goldfish crackers and they told them that, look, I mean, you can feed these goldfish crackers to a monkey, right? A monkey puppet. Um, which is not really a live monkey. And these monkey puppets acted as if they actually kind of ate these goldfish crackers. And uh, they had these three different kind of conditions. In one condition, the toddlers were asked to share some of their own stash of goldfish crackers with these uh, monkey puppets. And in another condition, they asked the um, toddlers to share um, the experimental stash, right? And what turned out to be the case is that uh, when the toddlers shared their own stash, right? I mean, this is their personal stuff that they could consume themselves. Um, and they're obviously very attached to those uh, goldfish crackers. Uh, they ended up exhibiting the highest levels of happiness, right? So what it shows is that we seem to be hardwired for generosity. When um, the giving is um, effortful or costly, that's when we derive the greatest pleasure, even as toddlers. Um, and there's other studies that show this, okay? So that's one big reason. The second big reason is that uh, when you're nice to other people, um, what happens naturally is that they have um, this tendency to reciprocate that niceness, right? I mean, all of us are relatively fair human beings. And so we notice when we owe somebody something, when somebody's done us a good turn, we find kind of feel obligated to kind of return the favor. Um, and so you setting yourself these deep wells of goodwill all around you in your community when you're nice, kind and giving that is uh, to other people. And that's another reason. Uh, the third reason is that uh, it has to do with the sense of competence. You know, we talked a little bit about mastery in the earlier interview. Uh, so we all want to feel that we're good at doing something. You know, in particular, we want to feel that we're good at uh, being an agent of positive change in this world. And when we do good things to other people and we can actually see that we're making other people happy, we feel that, you know what, I'm powerful. You know, I can actually make other people happier. I can make, uh, I can actually be an agent of positive change. And that self-perception or, you know, feeling that you can contribute to society can actually increase your happiness as well. So many reasons why uh, it seems that being kind, being loving, being giving is very good for happiness, uh, all these three reasons. But 
here's where it becomes a little more interesting and subtle. Um, being there is such a thing as being overly giving or giving to a fault, as you mentioned. You know, so some people think, rightly so, that you know my problem is not giving; I'm just overly giving. Um, and so here, I would like to kind of uh, put in a little bit of a shout out to uh, Adam Grant and his work on um, this topic. And what he finds, you know, and this is a big topic, and we can talk about it for hours. But uh, in a nutshell, what he finds is that um, that there is such a thing as selfless giving, which is not good, which is indiscriminate giving, giving it to people at all times. We all know characters like this, right? I mean, our grandmoms or even mothers, aunts, et cetera, who just, you know, anytime anybody asks them anything, uh, they'll do it, right? Uh, they could actually be happy for a while, but what happens in the long run is that they burn out. They don't have the emotional resources to keep going. And so they end up becoming sometimes even depressed. Okay, um, so that's not a good situation to be in. Um, what Adam Grant recommends is not to be a selfless giver, but what he calls to be an otherish giver. Otherish giver. Uh, and what otherish giving is is recognizing that uh, you have to take care of yourself in the act of giving, right? Uh, and so you know he points to a couple of rules that are very very important to use. One of those is called um, value enhancing strategies. Um, so basically you identify a set of people with similar needs and you become a little more efficient in your giving. So let's say that um, somebody's approached you for a class on calculus, right? Uh, you're, you're very good at calculus. And so you agree to it, which is good, you're giving. Uh, but then what you, what you do then, if you're a you know, value expanding kind of a guy, is you identify other people who have a similar need. And rather than helping them each out independently, you say, email them all, and then you tell them, look, I mean, Friday afternoon from two to five, does it work for you guys? I'll hold this little workshop on calculus. And so you kind of do it in a way that includes a lot more people. You're more efficient in your giving. The other thing that's very, very important is to have fun in the act of giving yourself. So don't choose those activities that are going to burn you out. You know, if you're not an early morning person, for example, don't take on the task of waking up at 4 a.m. and going to the soup kitchen and making soup for people, right? So identify those things that you yourself have fun in the act of giving. So you cut, the, cut out the emotional cost, so to speak. So that's the second thing that he points to. Uh, to that, I would add a third thing that other researchers pointed to, uh, which is seeing the impact of your giving. You know, many of us would like to believe that we are so altruistic that, you know, there's no ego involved and I just want to do good to the world and I don't care if they recognize it or not. But the reality is that, you know, until such point that we reach that aspirational state of not being egotistical or not having the ego uh, involved, uh, we have to admit that realistically, we do like to be appreciated, you know, and so just recognizing that means that you give in a way that you're there to receive the thanks, right? So, you know, leave a box of chocolates outside your favorite neighbor's house, but then, you know, kind of observe how they feel when they get that box of chocolates, surprising gift, like uh, a surprise gift. Hide in the bushes while they get it. <laughs> that's not creepy yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> exactly. So that's that's the idea. So you want to not be a selfless giver. You want to be an otherish giver. Uh, but overall, you have to recognize that all of us are hardwired for generosity just as much, if not more, than we are hardwired for greed and self-centeredness. So this week, be giving, but not too giving, and do it right. Do it the right way. Thanks to Raj for that, and don't forget about the Art of Charm Challenge. Helps you connect with others, creates more productive personal and business relationships, and step-by-step -step challenges every week to help you move forward. Text CHARMED to 33444 in the USA, or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge and get rocking. Now here's producer Jason with the coming attractions for this week at The Art of Charm. Thanks, Jordan.
On Tuesday, we're talking to Jason McCarthy, founder of Go Ruck Bags and the Go Ruck Challenge. We talk about the special forces concept of charming the snake, which is all about building rapport both on the battlefield and in civilian life. On Thursday, we talk to Angela Duckworth, author of the book Grit. We discuss why we shouldn't label others as talented, why our potential is one thing and what we do with it is quite another, how to focus on high-level goals, and how to grow our grit and perseverance. And as always, we'll be answering your questions on Fan Mail Friday. So make sure you're subscribed to get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're available. For more information on subscribing, just head over to theartofcharm.com slash subscribe.